an open text podcast. Welcome to the Open Text Developer Cast. Today, we have Amy Van de Klip. Amy is the founder and president of EGI Inc. This is a company uh, based in London, Ontario. And Amy and her team have helped hundreds of developers over the past few years, uh, over the time that they have been in business. They have uh, worked in both agile and waterfall environments for businesses, both large and small. And this is very important. They focus on building the proper type of support in and around development teams uh, to give them the space to do their job uh, very well. So Amy uh, and the company, they know a lot about developers. And today we're going to be talking about what are the typical and critical pain points that developers face and how they can overcome those pain points. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Amy, let's go. Uh, let's go into it. Uh, you and I had have had a couple of the uh, conversations, and it's been fascinating to understand um, all the different times and opportunities you have had to work with developer teams. And it seems during all all this time in years that you have been working with them, you have been able to to pinpoint the key and most critical uh, pain points that they seem to have. Can I ask you, what are those common pain points, uh, Amy? Yes, absolutely. We spend a lot of time with a lot of developers on teams of all different shapes and sizes. And there are some common experiences. And, um, you know, really, there's a ton of pressure to keep up with increasing demands from the business. Development teams are being asked to maintain existing systems, some of which are riddled with legacy code that make things a little bit interesting. Uh, They're being asked to make enhancements to what currently exists, build brand new products, and do all of that work quickly without bugs and in an environment where things are always changing. That's a tall order and things um, things that are making it difficult for development teams to achieve those high standards tend to be rooted in shaky process and unclear or incomplete requirements. Right. Now, um, why don't we focus on these two aspects or these key pain points? Can you please explain each one of them and what exactly it means? What are the symptoms uh, that that, that developers get? What is happening across uh, organizations with these two specific pain points that you have mentioned and, and highlighted? Absolutely. So we'll start with process. Most developers I know don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about process, and I totally get that. You know, it's not the thing that gets developers up in the morning. That being said, spending a little bit of time thinking about the development lifecycle gives more space for actual development work to get done. There are three main concepts to think about when we know that process is a challenge for developers. The first is the development lifecycle itself. It doesn't have to be super complex, but it does have to account for every step in the process of starting to work on a task all the way to deployment and validation. We see a lot of development life cycles that tend to skip over important steps like unit testing, documentation, and code review. The second is external forces that impact this process, like intake and prioritization. When the business is a bit chaotic, the development team feels it. Developers are super bright and they have the skills to move quickly as things change, but 
Over time, a change in priority or business people's skirting intake process wears on even the most stalwart developer. Not only does it take a toll on engagement and general happiness in the role, it also means that things are moving so fast that often critical details get overlooked. The third concept is injections. So injections that trump process on a regular basis is a huge problem for development teams. This relates back to my first point about shaky process having a higher risk of introducing bugs into a system. Injections are like kryptonite to any development cycle. Uh, If it's sprints or weekly goals, it doesn't much matter, but injections are going to happen. So there needs to be a consistent method of dealing with them so that developers can keep making progress on bigger projects and not get tripped up by those injections. You know what? Um, you mentioned uh, something that that rings a bell, which uh, which is, I mean, people don't think don't think to to tend not to think about processes, but processes are very important. Now, lots of people may be thinking, okay, hold on a second, but that's not part of my job. Why should I be investing and quote wasting my time? Uh, thinking about processes, let's leave that to operations or whoever looks after that with formally within the company. But I believe processes affects each individual within a company and each one of the things that are being done. I mean, whether you're a developer or not, correct? Yes. And in an ideal world, there is no situation where a developer has to stop coding and think about process. But in the realities that we see on a day-to-day basis, there isn't a huge level of advocacy for the development community within an organization around process. So while we would love to say developers never have to think about it, uh, in reality, to support good development work, sometimes developers do have to step in and advocate for themselves a little bit on what they need and what tools and structures they need to be successful. It's important that you mention this because many of the people who may be listening to us today may be thinking exactly what you said. They may be, why should I do it or why? But hey, there's a reason why. And I mean, you've been working with many companies and developers, and it seems that this this is a major pain point. So I mean, attention to those listening to us today. I mean, even though you may not want to go into thinking about processes, uh, well, I mean, just listen to Amy, it, it seems it's the right way to, to do. So, okay, so processes, we talk about developing life cycle, external forces and injections. The second aspect you mentioned are uh, requirements. Uh, can you please explain a bit more what do you mean by requirements? Why is the pain point coming from requirements? What's being done or what's not being done? Sure. So requirements are artifacts that developers use to know what to build. So there's a couple of things happening. First, the business is giving a sentence or two to a development team and expecting them to know exactly what that business person means. So often business stakeholders know their one use case really well, but they aren't as familiar with all the other ways that a particular feature or function works. So when a developer is given a sentence or two about what they need to build, It generates a lot of questions that a developer doesn't really have the time to answer. So when there's no real detail to the requirements, developers often end up building something that doesn't work for all users or it doesn't meet the vision of the person who made that request because they're having to make a lot of assumptions. No developer I know wants to build something that doesn't work or wants to pull work back out of production to accommodate new information that they should have had before development began, but didn't. 
The second thing that's happening is that developers are given a solution, not a goal. So this means the business is telling you what to build, but not really why and what that outcome needs to be. Developers know what they're doing and they understand their craft. Business people sometimes think that by defining a solution for a developer, they're actually helping them out and making things go faster. But in reality, that business person is actually hamstringing the developer developer by removing the ability to make design and solution decisions that make sense in the code base. So developers have a context that business people can't be expected to understand. Um, So knowing that business people do need to stick to talking about their goals, not the design solution. You know what? As I'm listening to you, I cannot help but to think that, hey, I'm I'm guilty here too. I mean, very often on my day-to-day work, I tend to forget that, I mean, some things I know so well, and I even don't take the time to, to be very specific as to why I would like us to do as a team do something, or maybe I'm just too, I mean, I don't, do not provide the details as the reasons, rationale on, on why we're doing things. And it doesn't surprise me to hear you that this is happening um, over and over, over again when it comes to developer re- requirements. Um, now, so we have talked about these two uh, key pain points, processing, processes and requirements. Now, the big question, Amy, is, and again, you've been dealing with lots of teams, lots of companies, how do we fix it? Is there a way to fix it? What are your recommendations? Absolutely. So I've prepared some insights for the community for a DIY solution and also um, some ideas on how to bring in some outside help to address the process and requirements problems. So we'll start with process itself. And here's the DIY solution. So developers who want to focus on process need to sit together as a development team with their manager and map out what the development life cycle should be and how it should flow. Then define escalation points in there, meaning at what point do we you know, go into a critical process where we need to Uh, accept an injection, for example. And also when you're kind of mapping out that flow, figuring out where those big breakpoints are in the existing environment so that you can focus on some changes there. So the next step, once you have thought about how the development lifecycle should exist, is to prepare some documentation. Um, And the real reason for that is to get that on paper so it can be pushed up and out into the organization. And this is going to allow the development manager to bring some transparency into how things are supposed to run within the development team and um, make sure that business people are aware of that so that they know how to behave and engage with the development team. Um, There's also a part of this where you need to understand what your process is going to look like when things get stressful. So there needs to be consensus among the team that even when you have someone knocking at your door or coming up to your desk or sending you a message saying this is super important, that there's a process to uh, guide that situation so that it's not taking over everything else that's going on within the team. If DIY is not the right solution and bringing in an outside perspective is is, uh, more appropriate, what you want to do is find an external advocate for what you know you need and then give them the ability to help define process with you. Do that communication to the business. Set expectations within the development team and externally within that business. 
and then build the structures that are needed to make sure it's understood, it's included in training, it's well adopted, and it's upheld in stressful times. Now, let me ask you the following. I mean, as I'm listening to you, I believe that most solutions are out there can consider a do-it-yourself. I mean, it's like doing my taxes. I'll do it myself. Uh, I guess I have the, uh, I'm smart enough to do it. I mean, that's what I think. But in other cases, I mean, see, people may think, hey, you know what? I don't have the expertise. I don't have the time. Uh, or maybe they may have a very specific tax uh, type of situation where they require expertise from 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 outside. So, what are the case, what are maybe the, the scenarios where you would suggest someone should go for a do-it-yourself type of, of approach versus the hey, let's bring someone from the outside and help us? Sure. Well, I mean, time and budget is always a consideration. Um, there's also a sense of urgency. You know, if you are on a development team and it's super chaotic and things aren't getting done, then I would suggest you know, kind of taking a minute and sitting with your your team and figuring out what you might be able to do in the immediate term to alleviate some of that stress. If that doesn't work, there are so many uh, experts in the field that can help. I would absolutely suggest that trying it first on your own, if that's available to you, do that first. You have the, the knowledge. If you have the time, you should definitely go for it. Um, I'll give you a bit of a story about one of our clients that might help to answer that question. And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yes, if, you if you have any cases where people can visualize, I mean, how this works. Yeah, great. Yes, absolutely. So one of our clients who was on the management side of the house had a development team that they thought weren't producing work as fast as they should be. So they brought us in to help. And what we found was different than why they brought us in. So they brought us in saying our developers don't know how to estimate and it's causing all of these challenges with timelines and they're not meeting any deadlines. What we actually found was that their, their development team was constantly bombarded with injections and desk side visits when that was, uh, when that was appropriate. And, and, you know, even into the remote work, just constant messages on Slack that made it really impossible for them to get work done. So they worked with no real development lifecycle. So everything was done differently based on the individual developer. So when we came in and we saw all this happening, there was, there was little chance that the development team would be able to come together and sort through that just because there were so many external factors that were making it very difficult for a development team to be successful. So we advocated for those developers by building a bit of a process wall around the team that the business couldn't cross. So we enforced intake procedures, injection and prioritization processes, and we gave the developers a life cycle they could use to make sure their work got done from intake to deployment in a more smooth manner. It's interesting because, I mean, I mean, as I'm listening to you again, I, I can think of many scenarios where I have been part of projects where either I or my colleagues start like bombarding with requests, with questions, with uh, minor asks uh, along the way. And if I think about it, I mean, it's me, my colleague, maybe 20 more colleagues and use some all the all those requirements up and it turned out being being chaos. 
Um, so I'm not surprised of what you're saying. But, but the good thing is that, again, you're saying that, I mean, people can follow up these two options, do it yourself and, and get someone from, from the outside. Now, now, Amy, like, I'm thinking like those who would maybe consider going with a do-it-yourself type of approach and give it a try, what do they do? I mean, do you have any resources, any documentation that they can they can uh, use to to start this journey? And and if so, where can they where can they get it from? Yes. So over time, uh, the team at EGI has developed some templated tools and uh, different resources to help development teams structure their conversation around the development lifecycle and all of the external factors that they need to consider when they're advocating for that process. So all of those resources are available um, and we usually we usually give those to the people who we know are really struggling and we would love to be able to offer those to your listeners. Um, at a free basis. I mean, development teams need to work, so we want to empower them to do that. We are, um, we can contact us at egiinc.ca or we're on LinkedIn as well. Oh, perfect. So, okay, that's for a do-it-yourself do type of approach. Now, for those who may be listening to us today and thinking, you know what, I can relate to the situation on which, I mean, I don't have the time. I don't have, I mean, not a chance that I can do it myself, not because I don't want to, but because right now it's impossible. If they wanted to, to reach out uh, to someone and get uh, an assessment or maybe have an initial conversation on how to bring someone on board, how do they do it? So same methods of communication. I mean, our website is a great place to find some resources and also you can contact us through there. Um, but my email address is amy at egiinc.ca. And I'm happy to have any conversation with a team who's looking to make some process improvement. Um, the way that usually works is we have about an hour conversation. We talk a little bit about pain points and challenges and then uh, we start off our engagements by just observing and sitting in on some of the things that happen during the day so we can get a real sense for what those pain points are and where we need to focus our efforts. Perfect. So to those listening to us today, if you have uh, issues with processes and requirements, which seems to be all over the place, unfortunately, so there is a solution. I mean, the good thing is that there is a solution. There is a way to to, to get things done. Amy have mentioned that there is do-yourself uh, do type of solutions. You can bring someone on board. Uh, Amy have told us that if you want more information, you can go into egiinc.ca, egiinc to get, if you want to get more information, contact Amy and get the support or guidance that, that you need. Um, Amy, before before we go, any final thoughts, any final comments that you may want to, to share with us? Absolutely. I just like to say that every development team we've encountered is extremely hardworking. And if I can say anything to the devs out there, it would be that your job is not easy, and I have a lot of respect for what you do. You are working in a world that is high pressure, where technology is evolving constantly. Demand on you to be efficient and innovative is high, and you don't always have the tools you need to be successful. What you do is hard, and my goal and the goal of my team is to make it a bit easier by helping you advocate for what you need, solid, reliable process, and clear, complete requirements. Perfect. Amy, thank you so very much for being here today. 
Um, I'm hoping that people will have the chance to reach out to you. I mean, at the end of the day, our objective is to try to find uh, a way to help developers uh, providing this type of information, providing this type of solutions. It's one of the things we wish to do and want to thank you for taking the time for sharing all this information and knowledge uh, with us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Amy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the OpenText Developer Cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. And don't forget to come back next month for another episode.